The thrill and excitement of March Mania is here, and DraftKings Sportsbook, one of America's top-rated sportsbook apps, is giving new customers a shot to turn 5 bucks into $150 instantly in bonus bets with any college basketball bet. You can find all the lines and available odds, of course, at the DraftKings Sportsbook app. North Carolina listeners, don't forget, DraftKings Sportsbook is now live in your state. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app and use code SBNFL. New customers can bet 5 bucks to get $150 instantly in bonus bonus bets only at DraftKings Sportsbook with code SBNFL. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or in West Virginia, visit www.1800gambler.net. In New York, call 8778-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly on behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort 21 plus age varies by jurisdiction void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.com slash bball for eligibility, deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. Woo! It is the APC podcast from AcmePackingCompany.com and SB Nation. And, uh, hey, the Packers won a playoff game. How about that? Really exciting stuff. The Packers defeating the Seahawks 28-23 to at Lambeau. And uh, as, as Kevin Clark, someone, someone, someone I follow on Twitter often says that the Seahawks have never played in a normal game ever. And that trend continued uh, in this game. And we will get to all of that and more ahead. Follow the show at the APC pod. I am Zach, the Yellow Weasel Rapport. Uh, at Zach Rapport on Twitter in uh, Albuquerque, New Mexico, uh, piloting the ship here uh, today. And uh, it was an exciting evening of football. And as I tweeted, I woke up this morning and there was no clear recovery for uh, for me and my my body and my mental state. And I am joined by the same uh, trusty playoff crew here, Alex Patakis out in New York. How you doing, man? I'm okay. I'm also recovering. Um, the... Uh... I don't know. That that was a, that was a tough game to get through. Really stressful. Um, I would say I felt more like I played in that game than watched that game <laughs> today. Um, in terms of like my energy level and really just my overall motivation to do anything that didn't have to do with that game. You um, uh, you played receiver right when you played football. Yeah, yeah. The Packers uh, they could have used a receiver, so uh, maybe I don't know. <laughs> yeah, Give yeah. A call. Maybe uh, <laughs> in a different life, perhaps. Um, but yeah, no, I'm, I'm thrilled overall, I would say. Moving over to Ben Foldy, eating some sloppy joes just before we hit record here. Not uh, not intercontinental, but sticking uh, Shea American. How you doing? Good. <laughs> Eat, ate some sloppy joes. <laughs> now we're all up to speed. Before we, we get started with our, our note nugs, as we normally do, I want a uh, quick Reminder that the uh, Cycle for Survival Memorial Sloan Kettering fundraiser is still going on. Um, that's going on through Alex March, early March. Yeah, uh, the second weekend in March is when it takes place. So that, in theory, would just gotcha. be the deadline. Yeah, so it'll be pinned up there uh, up until then um, on on my Twitter um, and Pratik Patel's Twitter, which I think is Patel ESPN. Um, yep, and yeah. Know, plenty of ways to find it if you google it i'm sure there's links as well just to give uh generic donations because it's a massive thing so yeah and i saw following uh your specific fundraiser page alex that um 
there were a number of uh, of uh, donations from APC listeners, which is really cool. So uh, keep it up, guys, if uh, if you can. Again, Alex Patakis at Alex Patakis on Twitter, the pinned tweet in his profile uh, to make a donation there. And um, with that, let's just get right into into note nugs, note nugs, notable nuggets. Hashtag note nugs. Tweet at us after. Every single game, let us know what you thought. Give us your bite-sized takeaway, and um, I will, I'll get the ball rolling here. I wanted to start my note nug with a trivia question, Alex, because I, I, I know you, you love when I do that. By the way, these, these numbers come courtesy of the official APC pod stats and information department. That's my dog, uh, Sonny. So <laughs> check uh, our Instagram for pics of him. He is very cute at the APC pod on Instagram for no reason. Uh, but uh, guys, can you tell me... What percentage of third downs the Packers converted on offense during the regular season? So third down efficiency in the 2019 regular season. Alex. Oh, man. Uh, I'm going to say the 30%. 30%. Ben, what do you got? I was going to go low, but I don't think I was going to go that low. Um, I'll say 46 46. The answer is 36. We'll meet you in the middle. 36%, uh, which is uh, bottom 10 in the league for sure. Um, not good. Not not great, Bob. Not great, Bob. Not great, Bob. Uh, but on Sunday against the, the Seahawks, the Packers converted on 64% of third down attempts. They were 9 of 14, so much, much better. And eight of those nine were uh, Aaron Rodgers, who got a rare QB sneak for for one and then and then the other seven came through the air rogers was uh seven of nine passing on third down with a touchdown 155.6 passer rating for whatever that's worth three of those clutch completions on third down coming in the fourth quarter when they really needed it most so um alex as you and i were talking getting ready for the show i'm sure we're going to talk uh, a lot more Rodgers uh later on the show so i'll stop short and i'll just say that the third down efficiency took a big swing in the opposite direction in this game, and it was really, really refreshing to you know keep see drives being kept alive. That was fun. I'm hoping that it's a sustainable trend and that um, there won't be a regression to the mean next week in San Francisco. But uh, we shall see. So wait, uh, just how does that 64%? Where does that finish in the normal run of third down efficiency? I mean, it's that would be like far and away first place. Oh, okay. So you're saying like an unsustainable uh, statistical anomaly? Yeah, it is. It is a bit of an anomaly. The high for the season for that long sample size, uh, Kansas City um, has the high with 47.6 percent, which is which is crazy to on the season be almost at 50 percent. So I guess what that really shows is that I have no idea what a normal uh, third down efficiency. I think is. a lot of people don't actually. It's just one of those stats that. Uh, you know, you only think about it when it's really bad or really good. Um, so yeah. 47.6% is Kansas City at, at for in first place for the 2019 regular season. San Francisco, as we all care to learn about them this week, uh, one, two, three, four, five, fifth place uh, with 45.4%. So um, that doesn't bode well, but more on that uh, later in the week. <laughs> yeah, not worried about that. Still enjoying that same glass of scotch. <laughs> Sipping it very slowly, one, uh, one, one little, just like wet the tongue, like every couple hours. It's a slow burn. <laughs> Did you know Aaron Rodgers likes scotch? I didn't know that. <laughs> 
I, I mean, I guess that is Aaron Andrews was asking for his motto. That is the one thing he says probably more than yeah. anything now, right? There's there's no other like current catchphrase other than I guess wash your hands, wash your yeah, butt. Yeah, that was Devontae um, Adams though. He can't take credit for that. Right, right. But like, if you had to, I don't know. That's like the one consistent thing I feel like that that exists this year with the Packers. Yeah, his catchphrase is just it's just scotch, scotch, scotch down into my belly. <laughs> <laughs> yeah exactly all right alex uh give me your note nug man what do you got my note nug will center around f- the f- the flower um one matt lafleur um because i think the flower. In this... <laughs> sorry yes uh i think in this game he was uh is he, is he brilliant um no i i was uh there were so many things about okay, so like we're scarred, right, from like McCarthy era Packers Seahawks games, and there were so many things happening towards the end of this game that just felt exactly like that. But um, I think that um, more than we've seen from the Packers in quite some time, there was clear evidence of a bye week benefiting a team in terms of game planning. I think he struck a perfect balance of how. Uh, a new coach with a, a good scheme and a veteran quarterback who has a lot to add can work together to come up with a game plan. We've since learned that uh, a few of the big plays from Devontae Adams were things that Rodgers and Adams like came to him with to implement during the, uh, the bye. And of course, he gave them freedom too. But he also made some really good calls throughout that game and more than anything, stayed aggressive um, and enabled the Packers to be making throws down the field on, on third and longs and things like that. Um, which is a tip of the cap because like, that's what's been missing with McCarthy. And I think a McCarthy era team probably would have kind of just tried to hang on long enough. And I don't think they would have been able to um, even with this defense because the Seahawks finally discovered the way they should have been playing all season, which is just to let Russell Wilson go. Um, and it took them very while, a long time to do that. Yeah. So I will. I say all of that, and I have to because I was going to use this as my note nug, but it's a, it's bad. I didn't want to focus on the one negative thing. The play that won them the game is the only call that I would consider questionable. And I don't mean the referees uh, and a questionable spot, um, and I mean that that play was seemed like it was so clearly designed to let Jimmy Graham beat a former team, and that that's the NFC Championship game on the line. Uh, Matt LaFleur lived to tell the tale, but man, drawing one up for Jimmy in that spot is a gutsy, gutsy move. Jimmy Graham, uh, I never I'm doubted just you. I'm very glad they got it. I think that's like the only part of the game where I'd be like, really? That's that's our decision right there? Um, but no, I I, I've, I, th- that may, I know Seattle's depleted, but um, that made me feel better about them going into San Francisco because I really do believe now they will at least have a completely different game plan and they have a full understanding that they're not going to beat them playing anything like they played in the regular season yeah yeah Ben you called it it was the Jimmy Graham revenge game and I never doubted him for a second this whole season total believer yep no we just we've just been been riding high on on the the G train there (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> I'm surprised your notable nug didn't have to do anything with uh, a certain uh, Sternberger. Yeah, he got in there. He was he's looking good. I think that uh, uh, he will be he 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 may prove uh, useful next week. Uh, not to get off topic, but uh, another guy who who got in there who is going to be proved to be useful down the stretch here 
is uh, Swervin Irvin, man. Ben, your guy. <laughs> he's in there. Yeah, he's a, he's a good football player. Who'd have thunk that, it, you know, who'd have thunk that an all-time yardage leader at, at his school, which I, I don't look that up, but I'm pretty sure he's <laughs> he's close. I think he might be. Wait, let's find this out. Now I'm, now I'm, Do not look that up. <laughs> I got it. Google break? I can't. I'm a journalist. I can't just, like, throw things out there. We should have Google break music, actually. All right, Google break. Oh, he had a single game school record for 300 all-purpose yards. There you go. Finished his senior year with 1601. Don't spoil it now. Like every week, let's just get like a peel back, get another little extra Tyler, you know, uh, uh, Irvin nugget. Um, that's good for now. I feel satiated. Let's move on to uh, <laughs> notable nuggets, Ben. As you uh, have your research face there on on the Google search, what's your notable nugget? I think a lot of people probably this is their notable nugget. But how nice did it feel to have uh, Jared Veld here to step in last hey. night? I think he really he really tilted the field. There was no reason to assume that he would play as well as he did. Um, it's not to say he was perfect, but considering the circumstances, I, I think he had a great game and um, was yeah was a really a useful and helpful piece moving forward. Maybe it's semantics. I don't know if he. I don't know if he actually tilted the field so much as he stopped uh the absence of Bulaga from being a uh a uh, a field tilting problem in the wrong direction. Does that make but sense? But is that not tilting the field? Well, I don't know. I mean Which like if tilting, in his man? absence the field is tilted. <laughs> Good lord. <laughs> but yeah, I mean well so and I guess you know it's him and Irvin. I mean it's just and I, I this might have even been my notable nugget last week, but it's it's nice to have a active management team that is looking for value throughout the season. Yeah. I, I mean, don't get me wrong. I think in some ways, Ted Thompson was looking for value throughout the season. He just was overemphasizing the uh, certain elements of that value over others. Yeah. And not to, uh, not to get out ahead of our skis here, but a, a lot of seasons, I mean, Super Bowl seasons, certainly, but also deep playoff seasons. There's always a, in, in, in green Bay, there's always that that signing or two in the middle of the season that's unheralded at first that winds up being a, a big deal. I mean, Howard Green comes to mind in 2010. Um, that's a Super Bowl team, obviously. And and as I said, I don't want to get ahead of ourselves, but certainly uh, Gutekunst and and company uh, deserve a, a lot of credit for bringing those two guys in. Uh, Valdir, um, <laughs> Aaron Rodgers uh, in his post game press conference commented that uh, Valdir told him that he was watching from the stands. Uh, in the first game of the year, he was at Chicago uh, to watch that game. And uh, yeah, what a long, strange trip it's been. Now he's blocking for Aaron Rodgers. So uh, also, side note, how much would it suck, uh, speaking of Bulaga, to uh, get get all psyched up for a playoff game, make it the whole week, everyone's dropping from the flu, and, and you've, you've, uh, you've managed to avoid it, and then you wake up on game day and you can't go. Awful. Yeah, that sucks. I mean, I think Fox showed that clip, too, of... Uh... It seemed like what he came out to warm up. He was suited up, and then at one point yep. he kind of just like looked over and gave him like the "I'm done" signal. Yeah, and uh, went back into the locker room. I mean, when you're that sick, it's almost like you're kind of dizzy, you know, standing up. I can't imagine trying to <laughs> yeah. you know, crouch and then get into formation and stand up really quick and do all that stuff. I'm sure. Yeah, I'm sure he, he knew quickly that uh, it was not going to happen. <laughs> not going to happen for him. Yeah. 
didn't have to deal with it. What seemed like especially angry Jadevian Clowney uh, for a large portion of that game. Yeah. Um, kept like bumping his helmet into his head, like mad about, you know, like things that didn't go their way. Yeah. Grabbing well, he, people uh, they, by the head. They talked about it enough uh, uh, in the booth, but he was dealing with uh, some kind of core muscle injury for the whole game. So maybe that had something to do with it. He was just uh, either trying to psych himself up to get through some pain, or maybe he was uh, making mistakes as a result uh, of the injury. And, and that was why. I don't know. Did you see what he said after the game? Clowny? He pretty frustrated. Yeah. No, no, no. Uh, he said something because I think his contract might be up. He said something how he ain't going to play for no garbage team next year. He wants to be with a contender, which would kind of make huh. it seem like he doesn't consider S- Seattle a contender <laughs> because not once did he mention coming back to his own team or like saying, I like it here, or, you know, I'm currently here, etc. Um, so the one good thing about last night is that if I, if I, you know, and I know I asked Mina this, but if I were a Seahawks fan, I would want. I would want to be done with that coaching staff at this point. Uh, like it was, it was basically like she predicted. There was a point where Russell Wilson started kind of taking the game over himself and not yeah. just handing the ball off to Marshawn Lynch to run into nothing at however old he is. Alex, you mentioned that point in the game too, but it's it's worth mentioning that there's that point in every Seahawks game. It seems like. It's just yeah. like the way that they roll. They're they're not good for a while, and then Russell Wilson's like, "Fuck it, I'll do it." My it's like Aaron Rodgers a couple years ago, basically. Except it's so. I mean, I think uh, Wilson is actually overcoming much worse coaching than Aaron Rodgers ever was. Yeah, like I don't I don't care how how much people were frustrated with Mike McCarthy. You know, I don't I don't remember that many games where he was rushing a you know half dead running back off the scrap heap, and <laughs> you know yeah. I hear you, but even even Mina, I feel like was uh, was defending Pete Carroll a little bit. Yeah, no, I'm not. I don't think they're going to move on from him. But uh, if I, you know, I we went through this, right? We went through what it looks like to watch a coach who's kind of not decided to adapt, whether that's in the staff that he trusts to to run significant parts of his football team, or whether that's to even, you know, uncritic critically evaluate the football team that he has. Um yeah. and I, I see a lot of uh signs of McCarthyism uh going on in the uh Seahawks organization right now. Yeah, I mean if anything they must be considering their future. I mean, I guess the difference is that Carroll doesn't call plays, but Brian Schottenheimer, I feel like, is someone who has to be feeling like he's gonna get a call that he's you know, he's he's done. <laughs> Visible, visible eye roll from Ben Foldy as you say his name. I mean, they're gonna, they're, they're gonna get the. I mean, you know, and and his response could easily be, you know, this team's pretty hurt, but so what? Like, yeah, but you, adjust, you, you, you gotta you go to war them. with the army you got, you know? He, yeah, you gotta adjust to them. Is that a Rumsfeldism? If yeah. he, if the answer to your <laughs> offensive line and and your entire backfield being hurt is to still run the ball consistently no, two exactly. playoff games averaging less than two yards a carry, and yet you still like insist on seeing them fail before you turn basically the whole entire game plan over to Russell Wilson. Like at the very least, McCarthy didn't do that. He kind of did the opposite, where the, the yeah. Packers ran the ball less than anybody in the NFL last year, which yeah. is yeah they didn't have balance and that's why they sucked. But at, at least they realized, well, we're not going to get it done that way. So, Aaron, do what you can. Like, yeah. it's crazy to me. Like, we should kind of. I feel I feel really good about the win, but the Seahawks made it pretty easy 
Yeah, I think. when it still was aggravating as hell and like yeah, completely unsatisfying. I mean, I, I, I don't know if I can think. I mean, if I wanted to melt the 2019 Packers season into a nutshell in like one game, that, that game might be it of just kind of like 55 minutes of playcock agitation and like <laughs> holding on at the end. You know, just kind of, I mean, it's like it's almost like every season where you knew like there were seasons where you kind of knew that they were going to screw it up at the end. And it's like the opposite. It's just like it's going to look like they're going to screw it up and you know that they're just going to pull it out and it'll be fine. But like it's very nerve wracking and weird. Yeah. Uh, let's do some listener note nugs uh, again at the APC pod on Twitter or the APC podcast at gmail.com. And Alex, you had mentioned Clowney. Uh, Harvey tweets in uh, with his note. Now, did anyone else notice Jake Kumro just own Clowney on that goal line touchdown by Jones? Chef's kiss. I uh, I didn't see it in, in real time, but Alex, have you seen the footage since then? I, I, I've seen it making the rounds on Twitter. Yeah, uh, I saw it. It was, it was a nice job. You know, at the goal line there, your job is to basically block for like a second. So, and I'm not saying it's an easy task to do against Clowney, so... That's a good job by Kumaro making a play in a game he was otherwise, uh, I don't know, I would say very average, if not like unnoticeable in. Average. I, yeah. Pretty poor, Un- I guess. Unnoticeable, I think. is. Yeah. Um, I don't even know how much he was on the field, honestly. I think he made a special teams tackle that I noticed, but that was That's good. It. Yeah. Good for him. Saw Oren Burks make some uh, special teams plays. It was nice to see him get in on, on, on the action. But no, speaking of the wide receivers, not to get too far off track with the note nugs, I wanted to uh, to drop this this nugget on you. Devontae Adams had 160 yards. Um, how many yards receiving did the rest of the Packers' wide receivers have combined? You're not counting uh, Jimmy Graham? No, wide receivers. MVS had a, had like a four-yarder, and I, he, I guess he had the other one. Right? Geronimo Allison had the other one. Oh, yeah, no, Geronimo yeah. Allison had the third down conversion. So, okay, so it's more like uh, 12 Allison, or 15. Allison 19. didn't have two catches? Nope, he had one catch for 11 yards. It was a clutch catch, but it was yeah, just they, one. Yeah. But the the offense was uh, was Rodgers and Adams all day and no one else. And Lazard uh, went out with an ankle injury uh, part of the way through, and uh, he came back uh, in the second half on the sideline ready to go, and they just they uh, they just must have decided they don't they didn't need him. I don't know. Yeah, and there wasn't a lot of there wasn't a lot of passing out of the backfield either. Yeah, um, but you know, what ifs? You know, all's well that ends well, right? Indeed. Moving on, Lauren tweets in his note nug. I should say this year's ABC podcast listener pick'em winner. Lauren tweets in. You ever notice how similar to 2014 this team feels? Mostly healthy, a buy in the playoffs, and a rematch of an opponent that spanked them earlier. Hopefully, this NFC Championship rematch is different well i don't know we uh we we'll, we'll get there again a little bit uh later in the week but um yeah they got spanked there's no other way to put it and uh they gotta play much much better if they're gonna stand a chance they got spanked by the seahawks that year all right google break they lost 36 to 16 um at seattle uh, in 2014 to open the season and then the next season, they played him week one again, and Corey Lindsley came in out of nowhere and kind of owned that front three. Second game of the season, they won 27-17. to 17. The following um, season. Yeah, at Green okay. Bay. That's a thing um, that I didn't realize that I noticed um, in looking up some stats when I was on the Seahawks pod. 
uh, last week was that the that uh, Russell Wilson has never won at Lambeau, and, yeah. and the Packers in that same time have never won uh, in Seattle. Yeah. Yep. Just going back to the note nug for a second, referencing the 2014 championship game. Uh, one thing that surprised me today, the Packers were bigger underdogs going into that game than they actually are going into San Francisco. Wow. Um, so like, I understand that that's an incredibly heartbreaking game and I'm not saying sign me up for a loss, but the Packers controlled that game and, you know, base had to choke it away in in tragic fashion. Yeah. I'll sign up for like even getting the chance to go to overtime against the 49ers this time around. And it's crazy yeah. that Las Vegas feels that there was a bigger gap between those Packers and that year's Seahawks team than this year's Niners team and the Packers, which again makes makes me feel a little better. Well, that brings up an interesting question. Is that is that Vegas being d- down on the seat on the Niners? Cuz I don't think any Vegas should have seen anything last night that would make them be higher on the Packers. Right? Right. I, so is this is it. this just is this just Vegas being like, well, okay, Jimmy G is gonna gonna drop an egg at some point. Like, I don't know what what's the bookie logic there. Look how Vegas's version of Jimmy G dropping an egg is that they're only seven and a half point favorites. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I guess that's true. Uh, maybe they're just like baiting people, like the public, into thinking, like coming off of like seeing Aaron Rodgers be Aaron Rodgers and like t- into taking the Packers plus seven and a half. Well, and that's the, the other mind smoked, game that like, people don't talk about when it comes to the lines in Vegas is that they they fluctuate based on how people are betting, and yeah, they're trying to influence people to to pay yeah. into a certain stream. But I mean, they're yeah, not that they're not right most of the time. They are. <laughs> it just shocked me because I remember going into that Seahawks game. Maybe I was just like a more naive fan, but actually kind of confident, thinking like the result in the regular season is not was not representative of like, you know, the difference between the teams and everything. Yeah, I, I, maybe like well, that's I easy. To... That's that's easy when when it's a week one thing, and it's also easy. It's easy when it's a week one game. You know, if if that if that Niners game from this regular season was the first week of the season, we would not be anywhere near as scared of this game going into it as we are. Yeah. That's true. That's a good point. That's some that's some good perspective from a strangely reclining Ben Foldy. Right I was just now. gonna say you gotta get a screenshot of this. This is oh, the uh, <laughs> This is the Sean McVay Sean McVay off season. There like, we go. I'm done for the year. You see better you believe in, I got uh, that screenshot. See you in July. I left my house fourteen hours ago. Wow. Just, like, so start my day. Lounging. I gotcha. At the APC pod on Instagram. That's where everyone can find the picture that I just took. <laughs> So that's one thing, and then the but but here's the other thing: is that 2014 Aaron Rodgers is a much different animal than 2019 slash 2020 Aaron Rodgers, and you know we don't need to belabor that point any more than we already have. I mean, the other thing too is that I was watching I was watching playoffs uh, highlights from that game yesterday because I just wanted to re-traumatize myself, (laughs) and. You know, Rodgers is throwing to Jordy and. And uh, Devonte and like he's th- he's not throwing to scrubs in that game. Um, so anyway, I, all that's to say, once Lazard got hurt, if you think that for what you know, if you think that that Adams is probably shadowed, or you know, I don't I don't know if San Francisco is still playing Sherman only on one side of the field, but if you think that. All of whatever, whatever the, the 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 focal point of the of the 49ers secondary is going to be focused on on shutting down Devonte Adams, and if that's not going, I don't know what is. You know, yeah, like I, I'm right. not I'm not super confident in the uh, Packers offense after the last game. 
Last thing uh, before we move on from this, because I saw Rob Domofsky uh, tweet this and post this, because this is where I f- realized that they were bigger underdogs against the Seahawks that year. Anytime Aaron Rodgers has been uh, a touchdown or more underdog uh, in the postseason, they've covered because they were also big underdogs. Don't forget when they got absolutely embarrassed by the Cardinals in the regular season and then lost in uh, in overtime yep. um, to them when they had the, when we had the double hail mary thing. So like. Oh, that this, season. This isn't that unprecedented um, for them to get their asses kicked by an NFC West team, face them again um, as as pretty significant underdogs in the postseason, and then play much better when their season's on the line. So, and lose know. to them in overtime. So we know yeah, what to so expect. Yeah, so basically it's a walk-off win for <laughs> San right, Francisco. All Let's right. not even do the second show. Forget yeah, it. All right. We know, we know no, no, no. What if it happens? I mean, what if what do we do? What do we I do if cry. it's, if, if it's an overtime loss? I mean, <sighs> we will cross that bridge when we do not get to it because it's not going to happen. Damn it! Um, but right. let's 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 dial back. Let's pull back from 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 next week and and finish off um, this show. Uh, continuing to talk about this week, get a little bit more analysis. And this um, was. Such an exciting game. I still haven't come down from it yet, Alex. You mentioned that uh, you haven't physically re- recovered from it. Um, so we'll get to some matchup analysis with, uh, with the 49ers guests later in the week. But for the duration of the show today, I just thought we'd sort of open up the floor and talk more generally about um, some highlights from from this game. Uh, and There's a lot of back and forth, and, and you mentioned it early, earlier, Alex. There's a lot of back and forth online about the spot on the Jimmy Graham third down conversion in the fourth quarter. I'm honestly, I'm shocked, um, though perhaps I shouldn't be, at the number of reasonable people that I've seen, pundits and otherwise, who think Graham was short because the yellow line is gospel. It's just not true. The yellow line is not gospel. That You can see that the yellow line is wrong in that it's almost a foot further than it should be in that instance. And it's just weird to me that people would, would I, I, I don't know, it's, it's, Maybe it's not weird. Maybe it's just all clickbait and, and it's typical and I should expect it. But um, I don't know. What, what do you make of that? I mean, uh, so first thing, why do they purposefully make the yellow line very inaccurate? Because it's probably not that hard to make it like a better estimate. The cameras are moving all the time. And if you watch enough football, you'll see the superimposed lines and graphics. They move too. They wiggle sometimes. Players will run into them. They'll be like the line will like half cut. Like it's not perfect. Yeah. It's just superimposed on the field. The cameras are moving. And I don't know. I I don't think I'm sounding particularly tinfoil hat in defending the spot of this ball. Because no. if you go back and look at this, the actual shot of where the actual marker is, the point of the marker it's much closer, certainly a close call. Well, I, I think the bet. Okay. So the NFL created, uh, you know, had like a technological enhancement specifically for this. And it's that pylon that sits at exactly the line to gain that has cameras in it. Yeah. the cam. So we have an exact angle. Of Was that like, the additional footage? The second spitter? <laughs> well, but the show. additional footage sounded like, like it was going to doom us. Like, I mean, didn't your heart just like jump the right. second they like came back and almost reversed a non-reversed call? I mean, right? Yeah, we have we have received a text message from Roger Goodell. I mean, additional footage, and we're going to review that. <laughs> but it's also it's like it's like what? So so he was short. Like the alternative hypothesis here is that he was short by five inches, and the Packers what can't gain five inches? Like I don't. Yeah, I mean, just don't give up. Don't give up nine and a half yards on that play. I'm sorry. 
I'm sorry. It yeah, just nine seems like and, totally nine non-controversial and five, nine and five sixth yards. Like yeah. it was not like anyway. It's just the game. The game was decided before that. I think it yeah. looked pretty clear that he got it. Like yeah. from the the only angle that actually ended up mattering. Yeah. So, yeah. Which look, you know. I mean, look if if that call was much less egregious than the lost fumble that wasn't. Give me a break. Like, oh my we don't, god. We don't. We don't need to harp on that. But like, don't act like the Packers like got a ton of gifts from the refs all game because yeah. they didn't. Yeah. Uh, I I don't want to harp on the fumble, but I do want to um I do want to ask. Uh, because so, and you guys can explain this to 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 my ignorant self, but I don't understand why the Packers challenge the ruling on the field. The refs admit that they got the call wrong, and the sort of reshuffling the 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 new decision is not totally to the Packers' benefit, but they still acknowledge that they got the call wrong, and so they took. And and yet they took a timeout away from the Packers. A timeout that later in that half did end up mattering, I believe. And I yeah, I get that you have to like get all elements of the challenge right. Like you have to challenge a very specific thing, but it just seems the spirit of that rule. I'm just confused as to like we you you the ref acknowledge that you did your job wrong, and we had to stop play and make you review that to acknowledge that, and you did that, and you still took a timeout. It just seemed. Just feels wrong. I don't know. Am I an idiot? <laughs> no, it's the NFL. Yeah, yeah. NFL gonna NFL, I guess. If there's a way to have an arbitrarily like unfair, stupid rule that you know is utterly inflexible in the face of common sense, I mean, you were watching last week, right? When the that incredibly bizarre call was it the Texans where they took the the um took the kickoff in the end zone and tossed the ball oh. to the ref. Oh, and God. like and the rest are just like, well, this is fucking stupid here. <laughs> like, but this is the letter of the really like, here's a completely unreasonable interpretation of this, of this rule. Like, I mean, and, and great. I mean, to the NFL's credit, they did not let that derail, you know, an otherwise common sense kind of decision. But this, this seemed to be, so here's my read of what happened is that the refs, blew that play dead too early and then, you know, did not treat it after the fact as if it was legitimately a fumble and therefore did not feel like they were in a place where they, you know, there wasn't any reason why they couldn't have seen a clear recovery unless they weren't (laughs) treating it like a fumble in the first place, which they weren't. So I understand that they had to kind of cover for themselves, but why that should also cost Green Bay a timeout is a, is a you know a classic NFL defiance of common sense kind of interpretation yeah. of a of a stupid like <laughs> I mean it's just whatever I mean it's something every year right I mean weren't you at least in the past not able to challenge that though like to avoid this to challenge whether or not something was a like fumble? if they blew it dead even though if they were wrong that that wasn't like a challengeable play I think if they that's blew correct. it dead they were supposed to let it go so like by changing that rule and allowing the packers to challenge that you're basically creating a scenario going into it where it's like well it could be a fumble but this fumble is never going to have a recovery like every fumble should have a recovery either you shouldn't be able to challenge it so it becomes a fumble well that should that's the real issue is they should have just said Look, we're not gonna know. Like we 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 screwed it up, and we won't know anyway, because 
you know, like like that didn't change from the replay, right? Like that call wasn't made on the replay. That's I, a call that they would have had to have made that judgment at the moment of the of the judgment, right? So Yeah. It's it seems easy to me to just let like to just like really kind of you know, uh emphasize with your referees to let those plays go on. It's yeah. so because then it's so easy yeah. to just look at the because turnovers are reviewable anyway. You're not gonna cost the Seahawks a challenge. Like um, you know, just let that go on every single time, unless it's like the most blatantly obvious thing ever, which it totally wasn't. Um, and then, you know, the co- call will correct itself. That's not a hard thing to do. It's happening in other sports. Like, like even in soccer, right? They have this VAR, which is like ruining the sport and like offsides totally. is now reviewable with VAR. But they every single time, even I would say in anything that's not except like the most egregious offsides ever, they let the play go on to see if the guy scores in case they were wrong on the field. That should yep. have happened there. Like they were, Jair Alexander created a turnover on the first fucking play of the game, <laughs> which they, is huge. They, they were doing a much better job of that in the regular season. I mean, there were a couple of moments this season where I remember the refs kind of clearly looking like they were letting something go because they were going to sort it out after the fact. Um, the one that comes to mind is the Brashad Breland um fumble recovery on the goal line that he ran a hundred yards downfield. Um, and like, that's a classic play that like the NFL would have managed to screw up in years prior. And it does seem that they've really like kind of made an effort on that. And it was unfortunate that it didn't come into play on this case. Anyway, I also said that we shouldn't harp on this and we've now officially harped on it. I mean, but. it's, it's hard not to, and it's not whatever they overcame. It's, it's, I'm just I'm not that salty about it. I just think it's just so stupid. Like that rule needs yeah. to change. If it I would I'd probably we'd probably argue about it if that was the other if that was the Chiefs Texans game. Just at the sheer stupidity of it. Like how could you not? Um whatever. All right. Well, uh let's let's switch to a positive note before we get out of here and and just uh pick some some plays that we don't need to harp on how uh, infuriating they were. Alex, anything come to mind for you in this game? Well, the uh we talked about the Jimmy one, but the the first third and long conversion on the closeout drive to Devontae Adams um, was just incredible. It was an incredible yeah. throw. Rodgers still did a little bit of the fadeaway. It was just perfect ball placement. And then to learn after that that is something that they improvised um, between them is just incredible. Like, I Mind love that meld. we're sitting here. <laughs> Like asking Lafleur questions about like huge plays, like oh, when you called this, and he's just like, "But I didn't cut." Like that's not, it wasn't me. Like you yeah. know, like he's just like kind of along for the ride at some points with us, which is awesome. Um, but yeah, that, again, that was just like some one of the many good things about Aaron Rodgers and a terrible job by the Seahawks to leave that guy. I forgot his name, twenty eight, I think, in the slot, like super vulnerable to be getting beat by. Devontae Adams like um but that play was awesome and uh Rogers accuracy was as good as it's been in I don't know how long like I, I maybe the Raiders game this year or was was he even that great in that game or were they just terrible um that was old school Rogers type in terms of ball yeah. placement down the field yeah. I saw he didn't he was perfect on passes over 10 yards and that was a very difficult one so that uh, number number 28 uh is Ugo Amadi Amadi. Yeah. Okay. Um, yeah. Well, don't feel bad, Amadi. There's a lot of guys who can't cover 17. Yeah. Um, so get mad at your coaches for that, I guess. Yeah. 
Pete Carroll, who inexplicably just runs base defense like 95% of the time. That's the, the biggest complaint, I think, from, from Pete Carroll, if we were going back to earlier in the show, uh, if I'm a Seahawks fan. Um, I'm upset about the offense, but Pete Carroll as the, as the head coach and kind of the defensive uh, mastermind, if you will, I've heard this complaint a lot, um, calling the defense as if they're still the Legion of Boom, and they're just not. <laughs> Didn't you think in like almost the way where um, other teams playing the Packers kind of knew what their offense was going to do? like before the snap, even just fans, the Seahawks defense felt like, like when the Packers are at the line of scrimmage, it's almost just like a average fan. Like, like me, like I'm watching it. I could even see where they were going to be exposed. Yeah. You know what I mean? I was, it wasn't very difficult. So I imagine it was super easy for Aaron Rodgers. I mean, Aaron like, Rodgers oh. coming off a game with like a double digit overthrows. All he needed to do was just, just to just be on was to just be a little bit more accurate. And it was, he was going to be able to, to make some plays. It just felt like he kind of knew where he was going to go with the ball before the snap, which was nice. And I think it enabled him to get the ball out quicker and his guys won the matchups they were expected to win. And again, like you were saying, that's just because the Seattle defense was kind of predictable. Yeah. So. Foldy, uh, before we get out of here um, and put this one to bed, moving on to San Francisco here in a couple days, uh, do you have any other... Any other Packers plays from this game that come to mind as kind of highlights that we haven't touched on yet or, or things you liked? I mean, the first touchdown, I think, uh, with Devontae running the sluggo and supposedly, I guess, uh, Rodgers himself put that in. with yeah. the, uh, That was like the, the fake cross? Is that what that was? Yeah, the like fake rub out, rub out route on, on the left. and then <laughs> That was um, nasty. Yeah, I mean, that was just a fantastic... I mean, it was a fantastic play, fantastic play call, fantastic execution. Um, that whole opening drive, honestly, was kind of like that. But um, it's good It's good to see that, that you know, it's good to know that Rodgers is still thinking critically about how to win football games and, like, speaking up and, and, and thinking within the, like, personnel and the scheme that they have and, and, and watching enough film to kind of see something that he likes. Um, you know, I mean, dude's a savant. I think that's yep. clearly established. But um, yeah, I mean, it's just it's it's he he toyed with him at that at that particular juncture. I think it's the other the other plays that I I thought pretty felt pretty good about mostly involved. Um, I thought both Kevin King and Jair played pretty good games, and uh, it was nice to see them in conjunction and and see the yeah just to see the defense in general kind of getting stuck in like that yeah and uh we are gonna get uh stuck into the end of the show no the, i failed didn't uh, work hey, it didn't work try <laughs> tried. <laughs> i tried thanks foldy comforts me as he reclines and lets out a hearty on nfc championship <laughs> bound the green bay packers are I don't know why I'm talking like Yoda now, but um, NFC Championship bound, the Packers are getting ready to take on the San Francisco 49ers and uh, avenge the spanking from earlier in the season. We will see if they can. And um, to break that all down ahead of time for you guys with plenty of time uh, before the weekend, we are going to be back in a couple days uh, with a guest who covers the 49ers. And uh, yeah, we will uh, we'll see you then. Until then, just uh, you know, keep sipping that one single glass of scotch that you've been nursing for the last 
last uh, 24 hours here and, um, you know, get some rest, recover. Get a cl- get, make sure that there's a clear recovery as uh, Ben's cat steps on camera. Oh, hi, Yushka. <laughs> All right. We're off the rails now. All right. Go, Paco. We'll see you later, guys. See Soak you later it up. on. Peace.